Hi, my loves, and welcome back to you. I'm on your side with me, Sierra Boudreaux. First off, I want to say I am so sorry that I missed last week, and we will talk more about why I missed last week in this episode, but I did miss last week. Um, we came back from Aruba on Thursday, and then I had so much stuff to film, so much stuff to get done, and the podcast just was not a priority last week, and I do feel bad because I know that a lot of you guys are looking forward to it. Some of you guys messaged me, and you're like, hey, is there a new episode, and I'm so sorry we missed, but we are back with a brand new, fresh episode. I'm so happy to be back. I feel like I was in Aruba for so long. We were gone for eight days. Well, we were in Aruba for eight days, but we were out of our apartment for nine days because we had an overnight layover in Charlotte. So we were gone for so long. And I really do think that is the longest time I've spent from my routine, from the dogs, from my friends in a very long time. So while I was having an incredible time just being there with Alex, being on vacation um, and soaking all of that up, part of me was itching to get back home. I think that my sweet spot, Alex and I were talking about this actually, I think that our sweet spot for vacation is somewhere between like three to five, maybe six days. Anything longer than that, we're like, okay, you know, we're ready to get back to the things that we're used to. Not to say that vacation is a wonderful and we are so thankful for the opportunity we had to be able to go and unwind and relax for that long um but it is just so so sweet to be back I have honestly been feeling a little bit anxious about recording this episode um and feeling just kind of like okay I know I need to get it done but I just am not in the place emotionally to get it done it has been a rough few days since I've been back as I told you guys um a couple of episodes ago or maybe it was last episode about like my bipolar disorder to ADHD diagnosis and how that has just been you know a journey that I'm just at the beginning of and so we uh, lowered like I told you guys we lowered my bipolar meds um, all the way down to 20 milligrams and previously I was on 60 milligrams and so we went 60 40 then to 20 and for a bit that seemed totally fine and then I started noticing my mood was not great I was just kind of feeling like really low and like a kind of low that I hadn't felt since I started my bipolar meds and so I was like okay well you know I'm on vacation so part of it was like you know I'm just gonna perk it back up we're on vacation we're having a good time and I was able to get through it that way and just like remind myself of you know the incredible blessing it was to just be on vacation with Alex and have a great time and so I was able to coax myself out of it that way but as soon as I got home I really thought okay being back in my routine being with my friends being at home was really going to help and then I realized it's not necessarily a um, situational thing or like a location thing it's not that I just needed to be home it's not that I needed to be back in my routine um, I think it was a medication thing and so I scheduled an appointment or I already had an appointment scheduled with my psychiatrist but I just had to wait a few days until that and so I had an appointment with my therapist and I just told her everything about how I was feeling she gave me some really really good resources and tips to help while I'm going through this um, and I'm very thankful to have a care team that truly does want the best for me that truly does see me as a person and not just someone to um like hand medicine or not someone to just kind of ignore like someone who really does want to get to the root of the issues that I'm experiencing and so my therapy session was really really awesome and then I had my uh, psychiatrist appointment later that day and she was asking how things are going and I was like I think that I don't know if it's the Wellbutrin like I told you guys she put me on Wellbutrin to help with my ADHD and while the Wellbutrin is really really helping with my ADHD and really really oh my god helping with my energy levels my energy levels are insane 
morning. I used to go to bed at like 9, 9.30 and wake up at 7 and feel kind of groggy, like feel like I didn't get enough sleep. Well, that is a lot of sleep. I just never really felt like I was getting enough sleep. And so I was going to bed earlier and earlier um, and waking up around the same time and just never really felt fully rested. But with the Wellbutrin, I'm going to bed around 10 or 11, waking up between 6.30 and 7, and I feel so rested. Like, I'm springing out of bed, and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, And I came home from vacation, and I just noticed there were some little things around the apartment that I needed to get done that I had just put off and put off because I just didn't have – the like capability of getting them done these very small tasks and I came home we unpacked the suitcases put everything in the wash did like six loads of laundry that day cleaned the entire apartment head to toe the um sitter the dog sitter sleeps in here this is like the guest room that we have um so I completely stripped the bed washed everything in here cleaned it up in here cleaned the guest bathroom and then my big task was organizing my makeup I used to get ready in my bathroom but the lighting in there is really really bad and then sometimes I would have to film brand deals that were centered around doing makeup or something of the sort and the lighting in there was just awful so I decided to move my makeup out into my office because the lighting is really great right here is a big window so the lighting is really really good in here that said I was like going to the bathroom grabbing the things and then bringing them in here just bringing like drawers of things and it looked really really just like disorganized and everything would get left here and I didn't like it so I looked at it and I was like okay I'm gonna actually do something about this so I went to Target and I got a bunch of different bins I'm looking at them right now I got a bunch of different bins I got a label maker I'm in my label maker era got a label maker organized the bins put all of my makeup in different things and it's really great because I get makeup PR a lot and I just didn't really have a place to put it because the drawers that I was using to store my makeup were pretty little because it was just my personal makeup and then my PR I would put in a box to either donate to give to my friends whatever it may be but now I can actually take out what I want to use put it in the bins um, to which they go and get to use more stuff that's sent to me. So all that to be said, the Wellbutrin is doing its job in that way, but I thought that maybe the Wellbutrin was giving me these really, really low thoughts. And I just, you know, candidly have been in a very dark place these past few days. I have not felt like myself. I haven't felt connected to myself. I haven't felt connected to anyone around me. Um, I feel like my relationships are kind of struggling in a way that, you know, I came back from this long vacation and my friends want to see me and spend time with me and I am just having a really hard time getting out of bed and I'm having a really hard time honoring commitments and so I didn't know if it was the Wellbutrin or you know what it may be but I was doing a lot of research and everyone was saying Wellbutrin really helped them um, with you know all of these things especially their depression symptoms and so I was like okay maybe it's not that but I had fully convinced myself that I have ADHD in lieu of bipolar disorder I never really thought that maybe I could have both I mean maybe it was a thought at the beginning it was like a fleeting thought but I just really was like desperate to find a diagnosis that felt right to me and bipolar disorder didn't feel right to me anymore. So uh, I went to my psychiatrist. We talked about all of this and she's like, I think that we need to increase your bipolar meds again. I think that maybe we went too low too fast and those bipolar meds were really, really helping you with mood stabilization and some other things that we, you know, didn't really pay attention to as much as we should have. And I really think that's a good idea so we're going back up on my bipolar meds and seeing how that works I'm just really excited to feel like myself again I like I said at the beginning of the episode have not felt 
this slow and this just out of my own body since I started getting on my bipolar meds. And I just really wanted to convince myself that I didn't have bipolar disorder anymore, that that was a misdiagnosis. And the more that I'm getting to know myself, the more I realize maybe it wasn't a misdiagnosis. Maybe I also, I mean, I definitely also have ADHD. That is proven. That is true. Um, and though Wellbutrin is really, really helping with that, but I think that there's a second component. And I think that getting medicated for that or remaining medicated for that is really important as well. So like I was saying, I'm just so thankful to have a care team that really wants the best for me and make sure that we're not doing things too quickly and if we do do things too quickly that we can reel it back in and make sure that we're remaining communicative because I was just in there and I was like I don't feel like myself I feel really sad I am crying all of the time you guys do not want to know the amount of times I have listened to Funeral by Phoebe Bridgers that song has just been like my comfort and also you know when you're really sad and then you listen to sad music to perpetuate your sadness and then you're like lower than you've ever been because all you're listening to is the most depressing shit you've ever heard in your life well that's where I've been and if you want a good cry funeral by Phoebe Bridgers is going to give you that good cry my problem is I listen to that song maybe 20 times in a row so like a day and it's been a lot of days so I was just you know telling her all of this and I was like also my sex drive was just so so low and it's very common when you're on an antidepressant while butrin is an antidepressant for your sex drive to lower or decrease but a lot of people when I was doing research were saying that well butrin actually is the medicine that helped their sex drive and so I you know was talking to her about that and she was like well we definitely don't want that you know sex drive and your sex life is really important to your overall well-being and and I agree with that I do think that it is very important to my mental health and to my connection with myself to my connection with my partner and all of the such and so I'm really excited to find the medication that works for me and the dosage that works for me because this just simply can't be but that is the whole um thing of the episode that we're about to get into we are going to be talking about what to do when you're just in a depressive episode what to do when you're in an absolute funk because I'm in it right now and I would like to think that I have established some pretty good systems to help me when I'm in times like this because when you don't have systems established to help you when you're in a depressive episode or when really shitty things happen and you just feel really low depression aside um, it is really hard to get yourself to do these things it is really hard to get yourself back into forward motion because all you're thinking about I mean you're consumed by your sadness I completely understand the feeling of being consumed by your sadness the thing about systems and the thing about making sure that they are in place and making sure that they are attainable and actionable things that you can do is that they are there to help you along they are there to make sure that when you feel like you can't do anything and you feel like you can't make decisions past you has already made the decisions for you all you have to do is do as much as you possibly can and I'm not saying you're going to go through all of these systems and you're going to feel 100% because some days you're not going to be able to do any of them some days you're only going to be able to do one of these things you know what I mean like you really have to take it day by day and step by step but these systems in place just give you a guiding light when you feel like there is no light at all The first thing I do when I notice that I'm getting really, really low and just headed towards a dark place or already in a dark place because sometimes it creeps up on you, right? Like sometimes you don't realize how bad you feel and how sad you feel until you are deep down in the dumps. Like it just onsets and you don't know where it came from. But the first thing that I do when I start to feel like that and I notice that is to talk to one trusted person because God knows I know what it's like to feel like you don't have the energy to tell everyone in your life how you're feeling because 
the hard thing is that not everyone's going to understand what you're feeling. Not everyone's going to understand what you're going through. And I know how exhausting it can be to feel like you want to confide in people and they have no idea what you're talking about. And then you feel worse and then you feel lonelier. So find one trusted person that you really do feel like understands you at your core and just tell them everything. And I know you may be thinking, well, what if it's too much? Or I don't want to give them too much to carry. I don't want to be a burden. That is what your people are for. And it is so important for you to be honest with them. Tell them exactly how you're feeling. Because what happens when you are in this really low place, this depressive episode, is that your emotions are like a springboard. This is what my therapist told me the other day. And so you push and you push and you push. And then before you know it, everything explodes. And it'll explode at the worst possible moment. It'll explode when you're in the middle of a job interview. It'll explode in the middle of your spin class. It'll explode on one of your best friends because you feel like, oh, I've been keeping this big thing from you. And now I feel really frustrated because I feel like you have these expectations of me that I can't meet and I can't meet them because I'm in a really low place. Lo and behold, they don't know that because you haven't told them, right? And I know it feels really, really isolating when you're in this low place because you're like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who to trust. But the thing about your trusted person is making sure that you have one in place before you start to feel like this. One of my trusted people, I have a few and I'm so, so honored to have a few. But one of my trusted people is Evie. I talked to you guys about Evie in the friendship episode. Um, She has really seen me through so much. We have been best friends since I was 15 years old. So a very long time because I'm now 25. And I've been feeling in this really low place and I just, I needed her to be here. I needed just to feel her energy and to feel her presence and to feel her comfort and so I texted her and I was like hey if I buy your ticket will you come to Denver and she was like absolutely I'm there I'll answer the call so we got her ticket today and she's coming in a couple of weeks or I think next week and I'm so so excited about that because I know I can tell Evie anything and had I not established that connection with Evie before and let her know that she is the person that I want to reach out to and I'm feeling like I am in this very low place that's unmanageable it would be really hard to ask that of her later when I'm already in this place she knows and I know when I need anything I can go to her and she's going to be here for me because she loves me and that is what your people do Oh my God, I'm so excited. Just as I was saying that, she sent me her flight information and I just, I'm so excited to see her. I need to see her. Um, And that is the beauty of having best friends. And I I know it's really hard when you have long distance best friends and you can't see each other very often. Um, But just knowing that she is willing to hop on a plane to be here for me, to leave her husband and her dog and her life and her routine for a couple of days just to be here for me means the world to me. And I'm so, so thankful that she would be here to do it. She said, it was seriously so alive when you texted me. Let's get crazy and back to the gossip and fun. And that is what I need in my life. I need me and my best friend to get crazy and get back to the gossip and fun. Just like knowing that she's going to be here has lifted my spirits considerably. Like, do you see the smile on my face just knowing she's going to be here? I cannot wait. Um, and I'm, I'm so thankful to have people in my life, long distance friends and close distance friends who would drop anything and be there for me. I am surrounded by the most incredible people. I have the most incredible boyfriend. I really am lucky beyond my wildest imagination. But when I say one trusted person, I say that you don't need to tell everyone everything. You just need your person. And if you don't have that person, I really do suggest right now focusing on how you can deepen those friendships, how you can find someone in your life that you want to confide in and want to be close to. You don't need a friend group of 10 people. If you are a friend group person and you want a friend group of 10 people, wonderful. But not everyone has that. Not everyone needs that. You just need one person. And I really hope so deeply that either you have that person 
or you can find that person. And in the meantime, I know that we have never met a lot of us, most of us. I know that I can't be there for you at the drop of a hat, but the reason I make the content that I make is so that we all feel a little bit less alone. Like I told myself, okay, I'm going to record the podcast because I know recording the podcast is going to make me feel better because I genuinely believe the things that I'm saying. I genuinely feel close to the audience that I've curated. And I'm so thankful that you would meet me here and sit with me in this emotion because I know this is not the most fun, thrilling episode I've ever done or will ever do. But I think that that is the point of having this podcast. I think that's the point of I'm on your side saying that, yes, I go through really shitty things. I have depressive episodes. I am figuring out my diagnosis. I am figuring out my place in the world just like you. And I know that in some of my content, it may seem like I have it all together, but I do not have it all together. And I think it's really important for me to record this podcast to show you guys how I'm trying my best. I I made this TikTok the other day and the caption said, not doing well, but I'm doing something about it. Because even though I'm in this really dark place and even though I'm having a really hard time, it is my obligation to myself to do something about it. I can't just expect that things are going to work out magically for me one day and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel better. Sometimes that happens, but sometimes you need to go out of your own way to show up for yourself even when it feels borderline impossible. My second system that I have in place is creating this culture of absolute honesty with my therapist and with my psychiatrist. I don't hold back anything and I tell them everything to the extent of like on my best days in our sessions, I'm telling them exactly how I'm feeling, exactly how I got there, exactly what happened so that on my worst days, it feels easier because I already know they want to support me. I already know they want to show up for me. I already know they care deeply for me. I am not just holding things in and only giving tidbits. And then when I really need them to show up, they don't really know how because I haven't let them know me. It is really hard for people to love you well if they don't know you well. And our therapists, our psychiatrists, psychiatrists less so. Psychiatrists, you know the joke. It's like they want to get you in and out as soon as possible. But I have found it really, really important to find a psychiatrist that doesn't want to do that. To find a psychiatrist that will spend 30 minutes with me, 45 minutes with me in a session talking about everything. Because I've had psychiatrists in the past where they want to get me in and out in 15 minutes and they don't really ask any questions if I don't volunteer the information they don't ask and that just does not work for me um so getting really honest with my therapist and with my psychiatrist so that when I am feeling in this very low place in this very sad place at least they know all of the information and I'm not sugarcoating things or hiding things for sake of how they may react or what they may want me to do because I fully do trust that whatever they say they think I should do I believe it's in my best interest because they know me and of course I can say I don't know if that works I don't know if I have the energy for that I don't know if I have the time for that and then we can find other methods to help get me out of this funk or get me out of this depression but I do trust that they want the best for me and I do trust that the things that they are asking me to do are for the betterment of myself and my mental health. For example, my therapist in our last session gave me this um, spreadsheet almost. That's the best way I know how to describe it, where basically I can pull it up. Um, or no, it's on my laptop, so I can't pull it up. But it's like, what's the trigger? Um, how are you feeling? What was your initial reaction? And some other things. I think it's a CBT spreadsheet, if you want to Google that. Um, Cognitive-based therapy, I believe, is what CBT stands for. And so we're starting to do that, and I'm really excited. And I told her, you know, 
I think that this is a lot of work and I think that this is a lot of effort. And she said, it is. It is a lot of work and it is a lot of effort, but you deserve to put that work and effort into yourself. And I fully believe her. I know that I deserve that. I know that I deserve that because I have people continuously saying it back to me. Because when I can't say it to myself, I need other people to remind me of who I am. I need other people to remind me of my worth. And that is the importance of having a psychiatrist, a therapist, a partner, a friend, a family member who truly is on your side because there are going to be some days that you cannot remind yourself of your own worth and you're going to need other people to do it for you. And my third system that helps me a lot, sometimes it nips things in the bud before they even start, um, is completing one minor task. And I think this goes hand in hand with my ADHD too. Completing one minor task so that I can complete a bigger task down the line or even completing one minor task and that is the only task I'm going to do. It's not necessarily that you need to completely catapult yourself into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Sometimes you wake up, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, that is the task. That's what you're doing and you're getting back in bed and there is no shame in that. Some days you're going to brush your teeth and you're going to wash your face and you're going to say, okay, I've done that. Now I can unload the dishwasher. Okay, I've done that. Now I can switch the laundry. Okay, I've done that. Now I can do all of these little things. And luckily for me, I have dogs. So they do need me to get out of bed. I get out of bed. I take them out of their crates. I walk them. I feed them. I spend time with them in the morning. And that is very, very important to them and very, very important to me. So even if that is all I do with the first 30 minutes of my day and get back in bed, I know I've done something. I know I've honored a commitment. But it is really important to me to honor that commitment to them. And then, by way, honoring that commitment to myself. Because once I've done it, okay, I'm already up. Now I can drink water and take my meds. And maybe that's all I do. Or I can make myself breakfast. And maybe that's all I do. It's not about making sure that everything you do leads you to the next thing. It is about completing one minor task just to remind yourself that you are capable of honoring commitments to yourself. Something I really like to do when I'm feeling incredibly low um, is just to remind myself that my feelings are not necessarily facts. I can feel like all of these negative thoughts are racing around and I, I feel worthless and I feel hopeless and I feel sad and I feel down and I feel like I'll never find joy again. Like all of these things that my feelings tell me are true, but they are not necessarily true. Just because I feel them, just because I'm a human and I'm going through a wide range of emotions doesn't necessarily mean that's true. I know for a fact I am not worthless. I know for a fact that I am not going to be eternally hopeless. I know for a fact that I am loved and have the capability to love others. I know those things. And so when these thoughts pop up, I just remind myself so quickly, that is not true. That is not true. And whether or not I believe it in the moment is not important. What's important is that I keep saying it to myself. What is important is I keep reminding myself of what is true about me and what is not true about me. And so one of the systems I have in place in my journal, at the beginning of my journal, I've done it in a lot of my journals that I've had um, since I started this practice, is to write down things that I know to be true about myself. Um, little things that have been said to me that I completely agree with or things that I believe and things that I've learned in therapy, things like I am a really generous person. I am a deeply caring person. I have the capability to love widely and deeply, things like that, so that when I feel like I'm in this bottomless, hopeless pit and I'm telling myself all of these lies, my brain is playing tricks on me, I can go back to the beginning of that journal and I can look and I can read these things and wrote these things when I was in a place that is so, so different from where I am now and I fully believe 
I will be there again. Maybe not today, maybe not in a week, maybe not in a month in these really bad cases, but I will be there again because there is more joy to be found. There's infinite joy to be found. And just because I don't feel that right now doesn't mean it's not true. And I know it's going to be so, so annoying and bear with me, okay? But moving your body does fucking wonders. Moving your body will change your whole life. And it is not that you're going to work out and instantly you're going to be flooded with endorphins and your depression is going to go away and you're going to feel so much better and it's like you've never been sad again. That's not what I'm saying. At least in my experience, that is not how it happens. But moving my body, like I was saying earlier, is one thing I can do to honor a commitment to myself. Like this morning, I went on a run um, and I told myself my, my main goal is just movement. My main goal is just showing up for myself. And I ended up running five miles for the first time in my life five miles straight and I just got to relish in the feeling of being proud of myself and being thankful for my body and while that feeling lasted an hour and then I started to feel kind of low again because that's how my brain works for that hour I got to sit in that joy and sit in that energy that I created myself simply by showing up and moving my own body and you know what that And you know what? I don't think if I didn't do that run, I could have been recording this podcast today. There's a very high likelihood that I would have put this off until tomorrow and then probably the next day. And then before I know it, I'm recording this this Saturday before it comes out, trying to get it edited, trying to get the clips to the editor so that she can do, you know, the little videos that I post and trying to get it uploaded. Like I would have been just so, so overwhelmed by it all because I would have put it off and put it off. I know myself and I know that it would have gotten done, but not in a reasonable time frame. And so going on that run this morning, motivated me to be able to do a hard thing later and while I'm doing the podcast it doesn't feel like a hard thing while I'm sitting here talking to you guys it does not feel like a hard thing but getting myself to do this felt like a very very hard thing but shit I ran five miles this morning so if I can do that maybe I can do this something else and I'm not gonna lie in between this morning when I ran those miles and right now recording this podcast I laid in bed and sobbed to what song Oh, you guessed it, Funeral by Phoebe Bridgers, because that is just on repeat these days. You have to let yourself go with the ebbs and flows of your day. Depression is not about going from point A, which is the lowest pit, to point B, the most joyous you've ever been. Sometimes it is low and then a little bit higher and then super, super low. And then you come up a little bit and then you're having a really good series of days. Like, It is not a linear experience and you cannot treat it like such. Some days you're going to feel super, super motivated and super great in the morning and then something will happen. Something will trigger you. Your brain will just react the way that brains do sometimes when they need a little help to get along and then you'll feel instantly down and you'll be down for a little bit and then you'll remind yourself, I've already done a hard thing and the hard thing is being awake. The hard thing is showing up. Sometimes the hard thing is staying alive. And if you are experiencing that, if your hard thing is staying alive, if your hard thing is being here every single day, I need you to know how incredibly proud I am of you, how incredibly thankful I am that you would give yourself another chance to be here, another chance to love and be loved, another chance to experience joy that you may not feel right now, but I know And I hope you know in some small part of you that it is coming. More joy is coming. You just need to be around to experience it. And I want to say, I've said it before and I'd say it a million times again, 
take your meds. Take the meds that are prescribed to you. They are prescribed to you for a reason because we have all done it where you start to feel really, really good and you think, oh, I don't need my meds. Oh, I'm just going to stop taking it or maybe I'll take it every few days, but I don't need it every day. And then before you know it, you feel like you are in the depths of hell. I've been there. That's not the case for me this instance, but I have totally been there where I stopped taking my meds because I thought I was cured. And yes, I felt better because I was taking my meds. It is important to keep taking your meds. I know it's hard sometimes because you think, well, other people do it. Other people can just wake up and be fine and bounce out of bed and feel like nothing is wrong. We are not all other people. Some of us need a little extra help to get along, and there is no shame in that. There is no shame in needing meds to help you get along. I know that for some of us, it feels really taboo, and it feels like I shouldn't need meds. I should just grin and bear it. My family did it. My partner does it. My friends do it. If they don't need meds, I don't need meds. You are not your family, your friends, or your partner. You are you. And if you and your psychiatrist have sat down and discussed a course of medication that they believe works for you, and you initially agreed would work for you, if you want to stop taking that med, you need to sit down with them again. Throwing that med away or not taking that med is not the way to go. It can create infinitely more problems than you think it's going to solve. And I hope that didn't come across harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. I just, I care so much about this community. And I know that a lot of this community does take meds for their mental health um, because I talk about it a lot. And I've gained some of my following from that. And I'm so thankful that you guys would join me here for this episode. And I didn't mean for that to come across harsh. I just mean it in the way that I want you to take the best care of yourself that you possibly can. I know some days it's going to feel incredibly hard to take that med, but you're going to do it anyway. And some days it's going to feel incredibly easy and you're going to do it those days and some days it's going to feel right in between the important thing is that you do it my lighting is changing a little bit and I am sorry about that the sun is kind of shifting and I didn't set up the lights today because I didn't have the energy in me to set up the lights today and I initially wasn't going to record the podcast today so I didn't ask Alex to help me do it and so now we are recording the podcast without lights and we were relying on the sunlight and now the sunlight is going away so if you've noticed a change in lighting just know that's what it is we are rocking and rolling we are doing the absolute best we can and we're just going to do it without light oh is the sun coming back Are we getting some sun back? If you are just a listener and not a watcher, then you're not seeing this happen. But just as I said that, we started getting some sunlight back. And I think the universe is telling me that I'm doing the right thing. The universe is audibly saying, I'm on your side. Thank you, universe. I really do appreciate that sunlight. Last thing that I want to tell you guys um, is that you can do the right thing for the wrong reason. And I'm going to give you an experience that I've had. Um, when I first started going to therapy after my abusive relationship, I was no contact with my ex or I was no contact on my end. He was still reaching out. Um, but I would tell my therapist every week I didn't reach out. I didn't reply. You know, I didn't respond. And I was doing that because I wanted their praise. I was doing that because I wanted my therapist's approval. I wasn't doing that because I understood fully then that was the best thing for me. I wasn't doing that because I deeply cared about myself. I was doing that because I wanted to win her praise and affection. And that was the right thing going no contact with my ex for the wrong reason and I just I don't want you to feel shame or beat yourself up about the things that you do for the wrong reason because at the end of the day you're still doing the right
right thing. And maybe that's not the best advice I've ever said, but it's helped me a lot that there have been a lot of situations in my life where I have done the right thing for the wrong reason to come around later to start doing the right thing for the right reason. But sometimes you need that extra push. Over time in therapy, I started realizing and learning the skills and learning the coping mechanisms to help me realize that I do deserve good things. I do deserve healthy, stable relationships. I don't deserve to be talking to someone who finds joy in putting me down. I deserve good, stable, honest, healthy communication. And I came around to that later. But initially, when I was no contact with my ex, I was doing it to win the approval of my therapist. I was, you know, I was trying to win her over. I was trying to get the therapist on my side. Lo and behold, my therapist was always on my side. I didn't need to win at therapy, which I know a lot of us try to do. Therapy is not about winning. Therapy is about healing. So those are the little things that I do when I'm feeling really low and feeling really depressed. Um, And I'm so thankful that I have a job that I really do love. I am so thankful that this is my job. I, um, when I was going through depressive episodes, when I was working corporate, I really felt it like very impossible to get out of bed. I would sometimes work in bed and be very, very bad at my job for as long as the depressive episode lasted. Or I would call out sick for as long as the depressive episode lasted. I mean, I was trying every which way that I could to get myself to not have to work and feel this way. But luckily, getting on here with you guys and talking to you guys helps me feel better. Um, For a second, I thought this wasn't recording and I was about to spiral about that. But thank God I pressed record that said getting on here um, helps me feel better and connected and more open and more vulnerable. And I appreciate the life that you guys let me live. I appreciate that you guys come in week in and week out and listen to this podcast or support me on TikTok or support me on Instagram, wherever it may be. Like I just, I really cannot express the amount of gratitude that I have for each and every one of you guys. I can't express the amount of gratitude I have that you guys would listen to this whole episode. Some of you guys have never experienced a depressive episode in your life that you're listening because you want to support me. And that means, oh my God, that means so much to me. Like I really do appreciate it. And I know my friends, oh my God, my friends, my angel human babies of friends um, who will text me. They're like, listen to the podcast, love this part. And it's like 30 minutes into the episode. Like they are committed. They are listening to the episode. And it means so much to me. They do it because they love me. And you guys do it because you appreciate me. And we learn so much from each other. I learn so much from you. And you guys learn things from me. And I just, this community has changed my life. And even when I am in a tough mental place, um, getting here and recording this podcast is a bright spot in my day. So I just thank you for being a bright spot in my day. And I just want to say super quick, you're going to be fine this week, my love. And you're going to be fine this week because you are going to show up for yourself any way that you can. And you are not going to beat yourself up or feel guilt about the ways that you can't. You are simply doing your best and you have to allow your best to ebb and to flow. You're going to be fine this week because you're going to remember that every week doesn't have to be your best week. Some weeks you are just keeping your head above water. Some weeks you are just making it through. But it is important that you have those head above water just making it through weeks so that you can get to the incredible, the uplifting, the life-giving weeks. Sometimes you have to go through the muck to get to the glory and the glory is waiting. You're going to be fine this week because you're not going to push all of your emotions down until they spring up at the most inopportune time. You are going to talk to your people. You're going to confide in your people. You're going to let your people love you well because you deserve to be loved. 
so, so well. I am so proud of you, and I am so honored I get to be here at the same time as you. I really, really am. We all help each other. We are all so connected to each other, and I mean that. Okay, so I love you so much, and I'm on your side.